I'm just a little confused at how you went from a superhero name. You gave up on that and went with probably, probably like mid echelon stripper name. What's up, everybody? Casey and Chuck here, and welcome to episode 24, I think it is now, of the Leadership for Life podcast. Chuck, how you doing? Good, good, yep. Uh, good Sunday, went to the dog park. Uh, no fights, good times all around, so. This is with Chuck's dog, Sugar, right, Chuck? That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah she has a real um, aloof nature, so it keeps her out of the fray, you know, usually. So, uh, but you know, she likes to run around too. So it's good. Is this, uh, is Sugar your first dog? She's my second dog. Um, and my first dog was a dog named Birdie, German short hair. And that dog was essentially like a cow. Like she was so, <laughs> she would have just been very happy just being outside. She didn't have a whole lot of emotional you know connection whereas this dog who's half german short hair sugar would like to live on the top of my head if she could get away with it um <laughs> much more much more dedicated sleeps on the pillow right next to me under the covers yes um and you have two dogs i i do yeah uh two um miniature schnauzers that's we definitely found our breed of dog um, miniature schnauzers to me they're you just can't beat it they're pretty amazing yeah they're definitely right for us yeah mm -hmm. we we have jack and bruce okay um are their are their names and yeah we we love them dearly uh they're they're crazy mm -hmm. but uh yeah we 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 dig them you know we bought them for the kids um hoping that you know one would be for each kid and um, my daughter has since moved out and we keep saying to her, like she used to say, like, you know, when I move out, I'm taking the dogs. Um, that hasn't happened yet. We, we, keep, <laughs> we keep, we keep reminding her like, Hey, you know, you said you were going to, you said you were going to take the dogs, but. Do you um, want her? Do you, huh? Like, would you want that to happen? Or are you emotionally committed to so much these dogs that you don't want them? Want her it's to a, that's a great question. Um, so I think on the surface, I would all, this is just me speaking. Mm -hmm. I would always say, yes, she could have them both today. Um, <laughs> but I do believe we would miss them terribly once they went to my daughter's. Now, I think these are the last dogs we'll probably own. But, but yeah, I, and my wife would sit here and probably do the same thing. She would probably say, no, Jasmine can take both of the dogs right now. Um, but I, I do think we would miss them terribly once they were. Who's in charge of naming your dogs? Um, I kind of, a, it's kind of in a family affair. I mean, um, whenever we would get them, we would, you know, just kind of hang out with them and watch them and, and see what they would do. Jack is a white schnauzer. So I think the kids came up with Jack Frost, um, oh. for him. Okay. Bruce, Bruce, um, his ears are not cropped. So he's got these great big, huge, like satellite ears. And um, I think my wife said he looks like a bat. So they named him Bruce, like Bruce Wayne or something like oh, that. Oh, those are good stories. Off yeah. of Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any. Yeah. I don't have any good reason why I should, um, 
you know, I, I had very grandiose ideas when I got Sugar, whose name was Harley Quinn. And I was like, well, I'm not keeping that name. And God <laughs> bless people that have a dog named Harley Quinn, you know, but it just wasn't for me. So I j- tried, I was going to name a rainbow girl because I wanted like a dog that you had a kind of a crime fighter name. Um, yeah, okay. Or I was going to name her Gary after the late Expos slash New York Mets catcher, Gary Carter, who was my favorite baseball player. Okay. But she's a girl and she didn't have a real Gary vibe. So, right. um, so then I, you know, and people kept giving me names and I, I was like, look, unless there's some behind the scene arrangement that I'm not aware of, like if you're not funding and, you know, feeding this dog, like throw out all the names you want, you know? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just a little confused at how you went from a superhero name. You gave up on that and went with uh, probably, probably like mid echelon stripper name. I don't understand how you got there. Um, Nor do I. I I don't think I understand that exactly either. Other than she is very, very sweet in nature. Um, She is not white. So you might think white with a dog named like Sugar. Yeah. So to begin with, I've just, you know, ended up using kind of terms of infection, terms of in terms of affection, not infection. Um, And so that's how. Yeah, it just kind of stuck, which, you know, over time, I've come up with other names that would have been better. But, you know, she's sugar now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I I love watching sugar. You know, you and I have these uh, Zoom calls for quite frequently. And I love when when sugar makes an appearance. So, yeah, yeah. Um, she may show up. You never know. She's on her own. She's got her own schedule. So okay. um, <laughs> she may jump up on my jump up on my head. Um um, but, uh, during the conversation. Yes. Yes. So. Well, well, what conversation would she be jumping up in the middle of if, if she showed up right now, what are we going to talk about today? Okay. All right. So I recently did my, my Christmas letter, which I still need to send to you. Um, uh, don't take any, don't read into that. It's just, it's, it's going to make it there, you know, just take it easy. Yeah, right. See on your face, you're all mad about it. But um, yeah, when you do something, you kind of put like I always do kind of a humorous thing. And um, this year I did a annual review, like a yearly review, like you would get have if you had a job, which of course I don't have. Um, so I did a uh, annual review for myself and my dog. Oh. And I sent it out there. And, you know, you try to you try to do this egoless and you just try to do like, this is just why I, you know, I just, I, I enjoy doing this. So I'm going to share it out, but then like your ego gets involved in it. And so long story short, what I want to talk about is kind of finding the courage to put yourself out there and the importance of that. And whether that is putting yourself on a bigger you know project at work or, putting yourself out with, you know, with the relationships you have or whatever. So I kind of wanted to get your, and I know you've kind of, I know that this has been somewhat discussed in earlier episodes, but um, I was wondering if you could kind of, you know, talk about your thoughts on that subject. Wow. Putting yourself out there. Um, First, 
uh, I would say I've received your yearly letter before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is absolutely wonderful. Um, it is interesting to me that I haven't received it this year. Um, but I won't read in. I won't read into that. I certainly won't read the letter, will I? Um, anyway, um, so how to put yourself out there. Uh, when, so when you're saying that, um, do you mean, again, folks, you have to understand, uh, Chuck and I really never know what we're going to talk about on here. Chuck will come with a topic or I'll come with a topic. And we purposely don't talk about this uh, beforehand. So putting that yourself good. out there. I'm sorry, we're, go ahead. We are that good. We are yeah. that, we can just spit it. You know, yeah, just I agree from the dome. I agree. Um, so when you say putting yourself out there, I, I think I kind of need a little bit more. Like, w- what exactly do you mean? Like, um, and I don't want to just yeah. like I almost said like you mean just going for it, but I feel like that's another like little yeah. catchy phrase. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what do you what do you mean? Let me just say now I'm the one that's angry that I have to ha- hold your hand through um, understanding this. Right. Um, uh, no, like similar to the episode of kindness in the gas can, like where you you know saw this young woman struggling. It would have been very easy to be like, walk away. Um, that's a shame. But like, I don't want to go over there because what if she tells me to buzz off? Finding that courage to be kind or to connect with people or, you know, finding the courage to, like I said, do, you know, do a bigger project or to, um, so is that enough? Is that? I think so. Um, and I think whenever we start to talk about that, and by the way, when you, when you're talking on the zoom call, you're putting your hand over your mic there, my friend. Um, that's okay. I, I, uh, I want the folks to hear you. I don't want you to tell me later that we edited you out of the <laughs> the podcast. I'll say to you, like you did the editing, not not me. Yeah. Um, so I think just off the top of my head, I think first of all, it's important to ask the right question. So your question to me is, how do we have the courage to put your ourselves out there? So if we start to peel some layers back on that, why wouldn't we have the courage? What would stop us from putting ourselves out there? What would that be? What do you think? I think fear of embarrassment, fear of what other people will think of us, including maybe the people that we're, we're trying to either help or, you know, in the case of like a project of somebody saying like, oh, we don't, we don't think you're good enough or, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So I think the first step then is recognizing how to put yourself out there is understanding the fear of judgment that we all live with. Like it's not trying to find courage to put yourself out there necessarily. It's dealing with the the fear of being judged, right? Of failing, mm-hmm. of of all of these issues. That's what we really what we really struggle with. We're terrified of being judged. Like You know, that's something that's very interesting. Generation after generation after generation deals with the same challenge. I mean, things change, right? Like my kids today, they they deal with with things that that people didn't have to deal with when I was their age and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I dealt with things that my mom and dad didn't have to deal with. Right. But the fear of judgment. Like this fear, this this thing called fear, like 
it's passed through generation after generation after generation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think just coming to grips with first that understanding, I think that's the first thing is like when you're really trying to make a decision, do I go for this project? Do I help this person at the gas station? It's not, man, you know, do I have the courage to go help them? It's, are you going to let fear stop you? That's, to me, a better question. At what point do you draw a line in the sand and just say, man, fear has controlled me for the majority of my life, and I'm just not going to let it happen anymore. I mean, I think, I think that's a... I think that's a more productive question to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. So just to be clear, you're not saying that my initial question, there's anything wrong with that. You're just saying this isn't another question that one could answer, one could ask, right? Yeah. I mean, your question, certainly nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, I think it's a great question. And, and like many things, you know what I mean? We have to stumble and fail at first to find, um, the solution. And in this sense, yeah, you had to ask kind of a, a, a wrong question, right? In order to find, in order to find the right question later on. Uh, no, I, I'm teasing, obviously. But uh, does that make sense? What do you think? It does. And I'll just speak from, again, you know, I'm not a leadership expert. You know, I'm, an, I'm a, a nice guy with a, a good dog. But um <laughs> Who I heard a little bit ago, by the yes. way. Yes, so not that good, but kind of good. Um, so this has been this is my experience. Like if you're if you are having those fears, and again, this is easier to do when you know if you're at the gas station, you know you may not be able to kind of run through all this stuff. But like, I feel like I have to, I have to play the tape. I have to play the tape through to the end where like, okay, why am I afraid? What? And if it is like what people will think of me or judgments or, you know, what, you know, negative assessments, then I have to like actually articulate those in my head. I'm not smart enough or, you know, I have a weird energy or whatever those things are. And then I have to, factually kind of look at uh, are those things true for instance well, i'll just bring it back to my christmas card letter right like okay if i if i share this out with people and people are like oh this is just like um you know chuck looking to boost his ego or whatever and i i play that tape through and look at at like okay is is there a kernel of truth in that Maybe a little bit. Does that make me a bad person? Probably not, you know. And if somebody doesn't, if somebody rolls their eyes or somebody says this isn't funny or, you know, why is he sharing this with me or whatever, at the end of the day, I know that they can just ignore it. Like it's not the end of the, end of the world, right? And even if I do have, you know, like some ego stuff, you know, that maybe I can try to work through or, or fears about my sense of humor or intelligence or whatever, it's at the end of the day, like it's not that big of a deal and you might as well just do what you're going to do and, and you don't have to. It's not like it's this final indictment on you as a person. So yeah. like that's how, 
that's how I've had to kind of learn to overcome those things. But it's like I, uh, like you may have guessed, it's something that comes and goes again, like, you know, when something arises and then I have to play that tape all the way through in order to, in order to kind of get my head right with it. Does that make sense? It does indeed. And let me ask you a question. So we talk about that, that concern, that fear, right? With your newsletter. Let's think on a even grander scale. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Okay. Can you think of something um, larger than your letter? Your letter is important. It, it's coming from you. Mm -hmm. um, but let's think of something even bigger um, where your concern or your fear of judgment or failure or whatever, what people are going to think of you. Can you think of something on a grander scale that you'd really like to do? But that fear, that concern is kind of um, it's crippling you to some degree to where it's causing you not to take action on it. Um, boy, that is put me on the spot. Um, it is. It is indeed. Um, let me think here. Um, I don't know. I, 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 nothing is leaping to mind. I, I mean, you could make that. Maybe the argument of if there's a job or something that I would want to apply to apply for, but I didn't feel like that people were just going to kind of like laugh at my resume or whatever. I mean, for the for the most part, like I'm just at this point, you know, it's rapid fire. Like I'm just shooting off applications right and left. And, you know, I and, and you know, I'm mindful of what I'm doing, but um but I, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I guess I've had a chance to do the work around that where I feel like I might as well throw my, my hat in the ring. And if anybody feels like, what is this guy doing even applying? Worse things have happened. Did you have any of these thoughts, these fears, um, when you were getting ready to go live on the podcast? Not necessarily today, but, mm -hmm. you know, stepping out from behind the scenes and producing and editing to being live on the mic that's a little bit different did did you have any of those thoughts then it is they obviously but it, didn't stop you right yeah no i <laughs> i mean i've just been waiting for this moment from the instant <laughs> you you approached me about working on that. no um no i i don't know i i i felt just excited and I, I mean i get always a little bit nervous you know when we're yeah. about to record but otherwise no, I was pretty excited. I mean, the, I wish I could think of something where I was, well, for a long time, I felt that way about dating. I felt that way of, of like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to be a train wreck out there and somebody is going to be like, what in the, f what are you doing? Um, yeah. And, uh, and that would have been really devastating. Now I kind of feel like, if that happened, I would be like, you're absolutely right. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, this, this will be fun to figure this out. So oh, I have to tell you, I, I deal with those types of concerns all the time, mm -hmm. all of the time. Um, from certainly launching this podcast to launching my website, to, to putting myself out there and coaching individuals. Um, let me ask you this. And I, and I, in all seriousness, I think I know, I think I know the answer you're going to give. Um, you've seen me speak in public a little bit to a smaller audience, right? Mm -hmm. um, how well do you think I did? And I'm not fishing for compliments here. I'm going to get to a point. 
Okay. Right. How well of a, how good of a speaker do you think I am? Eight out of 10. Okay. And you've heard of me speaking in larger, uh, larger settings, right? You heard about me speaking at a, a corporate conference, which was mm -hmm. closer to 300 people, right? Yeah. And of the feedback you received, what do you think? I mean, did I do good? Did I do bad? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, everybody that I talked to, except for one, thought it was great. Um, yeah. And one person, like it wasn't for her. Yeah. So I think in general, I'm a pretty good public speaker. Um, mm -hmm. Listen, I, I went through a ton of training to be a good public speaker. I went through tons of training in the military to learn how to get up in front of people and speak. I, I became a trainer inside of the United States Air Force. They send you all over the place going through all kinds of trainings. Then I became certified by John Maxwell, who is the highest paid non-celebrity speaker and coach and trainer in the world. So I went through all of that and then thousands of hours of training with him to learn how to be a, a speaker and engage the audience. So I feel pretty confident as I sit with you right now. I feel very comfortable telling you I'm a good speaker. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a professional speaker. I could get up on stage and I don't really care what the audience is. I can do pretty well. Having said that, let me tell you, the night before I speak, I'm terrified. And this isn't nervous energy, right? This isn't the energy of, oh boy, I've got all this nervous energy, man. It's going to make me be successful. That's probably a portion of it. But I'm also hearing tons of thoughts. You're not good enough. Don't you know where you came from? Why in the world is anyone going to listen to you? Why in the world do you think, how in the world do you think you can get up in front of other people and engage them for an hour? You think the 300 people are going to sit and listen? I listen to that. I have that in my head all the time. I have it all the time. Now, I've learned and figured out some ways to manage it and get past it. But those, those thoughts and those fears are there. Mm -hmm. You know, they've kept me from standing up and speaking at times. They've, they've kept me from reaching out to individuals and, and saying something to them that's in my heart and in my head when I'm hearing about a problem going on. That's kept me silent. Um, for so long. So let's circle back around to your original question, right? Which is how do you put yourself out there? You you used the, the example of me helping the young lady at the gas station uh, podcast episode, Kindness in the Red Gas Can. I think I get to a point where I start to weigh my fear versus the potential benefit that 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 could help someone else, right? I went through this awakening here a few years ago that I really believe we're all here to positively impact the lives of others. I, I believe that to my very core. Tons, thousands, millions of people are paying all kinds of money looking for the meaning of life, right? The purpose of life. And I, I, I think we found it, and it is to help others. It's here to have relationships and help make other people's lives better. So that caused me to kind of go on this journey and kind of make it a life's purpose to impact as many lives as possible. That's Chuck, that's you and I, that's, that's our purpose for this podcast. So if I have something I want to say that I think maybe needs to be said, if I have something I could do to help someone, 
I weigh that beside my fear of speaking, right? Besides my fear of being judged. It's really easy. I think I've heard some folks, you know, professional speakers say like, just stop caring what anybody thinks. That's really difficult for me. Um, I, I wish I could tell you that and give that advice. And some people listening to the podcast might even have expected me to say that, or maybe that's their advice to folks. But if I believe that my purpose here is to help as many people as possible, it's hard for me to then wrap my head around a mindset that doesn't care about what people think. You know, it, it's really right. difficult for me to get there. Um, so for me, it's, and maybe this is a personal thing. For me, it's just weighing the benefits of helping others. And I know that the potential benefit is greater than this fear that I'm I'm battling. I, I know that that fear that I deal with comes from childhood stuff. I know that it comes from being programmed to believe certain things about myself that are not true. Mm-hmm. So I have some awareness. I have some awareness around those thoughts and those, I call them limiting beliefs. Those thoughts and those fears that go through my head, I have some awareness around them. I know they're not true. They're still there. I know they're not true. I choose not to listen to them and try to take a step forward and put myself out there and try to help other folks. So, yeah. So for you, like you don't necessarily, you've kind of made peace with having those fears or those thoughts that kind of enter your mind and your goals or your you know, your desire to kind of help other people, it just, oh, it just outweighs whatever fears you have. Like you don't necessarily have to go in deep with those fears to correct them or whatever, because you kind of already know they're nonsense. So you can just kind of, kind of step forward. Is that accurate? I'm probably making it sound much easier um, than it truly is. I mean, it's a, it's a battle every single time. Mm-hmm. Right. Every single time th- that I have these limiting beliefs, I have an idea to do something. I have an idea to help Chuck. There's going to be a limiting belief potentially, right? That's going to tell me Chuck's not going to want to listen to you. Chuck, why in the world would Chuck want to hear from you? Like, are you kidding me? And all of these reminders start popping in my head about where I come from and how I grew up and all of the knucklehead things that I did as a kid. And who in the world are you to try and help someone else? All of those things pop up. Um, And I have to battle them each and every time. Sometimes it's an all out war. Sometimes it's really easy. And I I have no science to that. I don't know why, why it is. I think the more I reach out and we build a relationship and I think it becomes easier and those fears, they fall away and they, reattach themselves in other areas of life but i think these i don't think these fears these limiting beliefs i talk about they're not unique to me or you i think many of us deal with them i think if you look at very highly successful people um you know that have reached like the echelon i know we talked a lot about michael jordan and we will not go back uh and even I just, get back I, into michael jordan i would just i have a, about five or six more points i want to make so Maybe at the end, I'll just tag them on. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think um, I think highly successful people deal with the same kind of challenge, the same struggle and the same limiting beliefs. And it probably uh, pushes them. It probably pushes them to work hard and train as hard as they do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think if you had asked me that question about, you know, is there a bigger thing? As recently as maybe five years ago, I would have had, I would have been able to list a lot of things. But again, I feel like I just kind of turned a corner a little bit. Like I would say fear dominated a lot of my life of, you know, getting in over my head or, you know, running into trouble with mental health or, you know, all of these things. And then I feel like for me, like I said, that, that playing the tape through exercise helped me a lot. And because, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I believe those things. I believed, you know, that I wasn't, I wasn't smart enough or cool enough or, you know, whatever. And, and I would say, you know, kind of superficially in my head, like, oh, that's not true. But that's why, that's where I actually had to actually go through and run it all through and, and disprove those things, you know, to the degree that I could. And, and then, and then try to act bold. Um, And so, and I've always had this weird combination of, I don't know, confidence and fear. And I think, which is why, you know, I wasn't too daunted about being on a podcast, despite all the ums and, you knows and whatever I, I tend to say. But uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, within the last five years, I've started to just get out of that mindset and just be like, here we go. Let's go. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Well, I think that's leadership for life. You know, that's the name of this podcast. And, and I, and I think that's how we approach our life and how we apply the concept of leadership, self-leadership, taking care of ourselves. And it's, if, if we're talking about anything here, it's about acknowledging the fact that those fears, those concerns, those limiting beliefs that I talked about, mm-hmm. um, don't feel like you're weak. Don't feel like you're broken. Don't feel like you're soft. Don't, don't feel like you're alone. If you're struggling with those ideas, those thoughts, those belief systems, don't don't feel that way at all. But also understand that you don't have to listen to them, right? You can overcome them. And life, very a lot of life is really about mindset. You choose which which truth to believe. Are are you really not smart enough? Or or do you have the skill set to make it work anyway? Like, go for it, right? Right. This is, um, and then maybe this maybe could be a episode in and of itself, but, you know, you were kind of, you know, by your own estimation, kind of, you know, doing bonehead things. And then, you know, at some point you, you know, en- enrolled um, in the Army or the Navy. Um, Air Force. Air Force. Mm-hmm. Just the worst, just the worst <laughs> of remembering that. And I mean, did it happen by degrees where you're like, okay, I'm gonna, like, I have this view of myself as, you know, having these limitations. I'm gonna try to see if, if I can do this. And then did it j- just kind of build up, or did you, like, how did you have the faith that, like, you would be able to kind of like change your course? And, and go another way. And I know that you kind of, it sounds like you've had kind of exhausted the, the other direction. And were you married at the time already when you went into the Air Force? Okay. No, no. So, yeah, I mean, how did you have the courage, the fortitude, whatever 
to be like, okay, I'm going to try to turn over a new leaf? So I think um, probably in my, so, so first let's say I didn't join the Air Force until I was 23 years old. So most folks join right out of high school. I was supposed to. I had a plan to join the military. I was going to join the Marines, actually. And um, guess what? I had this thought in my head that told me I wasn't uh, I wasn't going to be able to do it. So I didn't I didn't join. Hmm. Then I was supposed to join a couple years later. And guess what? I had this <clears throat> I had this thought in my head that told me uh, you're going to regret this. This is a horrible decision. You're not you won't be able to make it through basic training. All of these limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with my uh, now wife, Shannon. And we began we began dating. Obviously, I fell in love with her. And again, I knew I needed a better life. I knew that I was capable of more than what I was living, right? We lived in a when we were dating, we lived in an apartment in St. Louis. I've talked about this many times. We, it was uh, not in the best of areas. We had no locks on our door. Uh, we had no furniture. The uh, only furniture for much of the time we lived there was cement blocks that we brought in just so we didn't have to sit on the floor and we put blankets on top of them. We slept on a sit-up mat in the back of the apartment. Um, we eventually found a couch my my girlfriend wife now found a couch in the alley now i want you to understand what a couch has to have gone through <laughs> if poor folks throw it away right um she drug that into the apartment she cleaned it best she could and put uh, tons of blankets over it and and i can remember i came home and saw that couch and i thought wow we're going to make it now i'm sure other people you know came in and maybe saw that couch and thought, oh my God, these guys are falling apart. But to me, that that couch symbolized, you know, hope. And my point is I fell deeply, madly in love with her and I knew that we needed more. So I still had fears. I still had concerns. But much like I talk about the benefits, I weigh those fears along with the benefits, potential benefits of helping Chuck, right? Mm-hmm. Um. On the other side of the scale this time was this life that I might have with her. And by the way, I'm living that life today. I am, I imagined this life I have today back in 1993. So that outweighed the fears. And so I went for it. You know, I just took this giant leap and said, the benefit is worth it. Um, all of those fears didn't go away at that moment. Right. I mean, I still deal with I still deal with them today. Um, but that was the big step for me was just taking. I don't know, I just I guess I, I bet on us. Right. I, I just felt like um, the life that I could have with her was worth the chance, was worth the gamble. And I went for it. OK, yeah, that's I mean, sometimes it does seem like if somebody else is kind of betting on you, it makes it easier to bet on yourself. And it sounds yeah. like maybe that was happening a little bit, or at least you, you felt valued by Shannon. And so, so that makes, you know, maybe that helped you be like, well, this person clearly sees something in me worth holding on to. And um, I don't know, maybe that helped or, or was a factor. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's always good, right? And that's that's the beauty of partnerships. And I talk a lot about coaching relationships or just having people on your side. I, I think that's the benefit of that is not that folks will necessarily have answers. I don't look for people to join me on an endeavor to have answers. Uh, I really need encouragement. Like I, I'll figure out the answers. I'll fail through enough things to where I'll figure an answer out. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I just need people to encourage me. That's what I need. And I think a lot of times we miss that as, as partners, as teammates, as friends and family, we, we're always quick to offer our opinion and our idea and our thought of how Chuck, this is how you should do it. When instead maybe it's better to just say, Hey, Chuck, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. do it. And, and if that fails, it doesn't matter, Chuck. You're going to win anyway. You're going to pick mm-hmm. yourself up and you're going to go for it. You're going to go for it anyway. And certainly she was that for me uh, joining the military. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, w- I always kind of wondered, like, you know, that was such kind of a life-changing moment. So I kind of wondered Love what that. kind of went into it. Um, and I think I, I think I understand it now. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, this is a little, this will be a little bit shorter than the last couple of episodes, but I feel like we feel like we covered some good ground and, and, um, and now about Michael Jordan point number oh, one, okay. <laughs> no, 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 uh, <laughs> um, no, this is great. Oh, that's um, what you meant earlier. You said yeah. you had six points about yes, Michael Jordan. Right. I couldn't really connect with what you were saying. Because I didn't want to lose the thought that was in my head. Now I, now I totally understand. Um, yes. Do you get that a lot? Like you get that a lot where you can't, you don't want to lose your track. You know what I mean? Your train yes. of thought. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, and I get, you know, this is hardly the first time people haven't exactly understood where I was going with something. So, um, yeah. so that's that's not new either. So yeah. Anything else you want to add on the putting yourself out there? Well, what have we decided? I mean, what have we, what, have, what, what, what's our listeners walking away from? Like how, how do you put yourself out there? Listen, I, I think there's listeners out there and um, how many countries are we in now? Do you remember? 16? Is that right? 17? That sounds about right. Yeah. So there's gotta be folks out there. We can't be in that many places. Right. And there's folks out that for folks not to have these ideas. Folks have ideas. They have dreams. They have goals. Um, they they they're thinking about taking a giant leap. They're thinking about calling someone they've not talked to in a long time. Right? They're thinking about rekindling a a friendship or a relationship. They're they're thinking about taking this this leap of faith in, in towards a an idea that they've had for so long, but they're battling some concerns. They're battling some fear. They're battling the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, the fear of acceptance. They're battling a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. So what's our message to them? How do you, how do you deal with all of those things and take that leap? This is what, this is what I would say. I would say the lesson from Casey is, look at the benefits of what you are trading off in exchange for the fears that you have. And then the message from Chuck is uh, play the tape through and realize where 
those fears are incorrect. Like if you are like, oh, I want to kind of reconnect with this person. And if that person doesn't want to reconnect with you, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It means like there's stuff going on with that person. Yeah. But if it does happen, then it's great, you know? And so it's not that everyone or everything is going to, like once you have confidence and uh, put yourself out there that the, you know, the world is going to open up for you. Like, I mean, I think that that will, that there's a percentage of that that will happen, but that even if it doesn't happen, you're going to be fine. And again, it's not this like, you know, great validation of all these fears that you have when, if something doesn't go right. Uh, how would, what do you think of that? No, I, I think I, I love that. And, and I think what we're doing is we're living every day. We're creating a life that we're going to examine when we're 70 and 80 and 90 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you want that examination to reveal to you? Right. Like, do you want it to reveal that you chased your ideas, that you chased your dreams, that you took those chances? Or do you want it to reveal that you sat in fear and in doubt? Like you get one shot at this, guys. You get one shot at this life. I'm not trying to be too over dramatic here, but at the same time, we can't just look past this. You get one shot at this. Like, how at what point, at what point do we say, I've let fear control everything too? It's enough. I've let fear control my life for too long. It's a, it's enough now. As a guy who cares deeply about folks and wants to help folks, I I wish I could say the fear goes away. I, I wish I could say, like, here's here's the magic pill. Here's here's the drink that you can drink, and you won't experience fear and doubt and limiting beliefs anymore. But that doesn't exist. It's always going to be there. We just have to choose our attitude to say, yeah, you're there, but you're not going to beat me. You're not going to stop me anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not going to limit me. I, I'm, I talk a lot about being a conqueror. You're, you're going to, I'm going to conquer these fears. That's what I mean when I say that. Yeah. I mean, I would give an example. My, my brother is the um, executive director of Nebraska AIDS Project. And he, they have a, boy, I hope I get this right. The, an evening with the stars, something like that. That's the event. And there was one year that, my sister-in-law had asked like that's it fell like right around her birthday and everybody wanted to go or that was she wanted everyone to go and i was terrified and i was just like everybody's gonna think i'm a drip you know and and uh i i'd never have any idea what to say to people and and i went and within I think within 10 minutes, I said to my brother, hey, I'm leaving. I, I, I can't do this. Um, and my brother was uh, awesome about it. And he was like, I understand. It's cool. You know, and I don't know something happened within the next year where I wasn't even invited. And I was like, oh, I'd like to go to that. And I went and there were the times when I couldn't think of anything to say. I just thought, well, this person clearly doesn't have anything to can't think of anything to say either, you know? And like, again, I didn't take it personally. And 
So it's just amazing how much your headspace changes the world around you. Um, you know, I think that's, again, you know, there's no guarantee that you know, maybe I could have gone there and everyone would have thought like, God, uh, Brent's brother, me, is a drip. And like, why can't he think to, to talk to anybody or whatever? Like that could have happened, you know. But again, like if it doesn't matter as much when you don't think that it is, when you don't take it to heart, you know, and you don't, it, it doesn't define you. So that's that's my kind of encouragement to people is to uh, is to to be bold and to and to and to play the tape through. Yeah, that's a great example of what we talked about here. I think in a, a couple episodes ago when we said you can have the same occurrence, right? The same, the same situation, but with a different mindset, everything changes. Yeah. You, you went to the same thing, the same people, the same party, the same event, just a year separated them. Right. What made that different was your, was your attitude, was your yeah. approach to it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, what's so powerful for all of us to understand and recognize, right. Is yeah. our power, our attitude really does change the world around us. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe yeah. that wholeheartedly. Yep. I am living proof of living proof of that. Um, so that will then cause you to take the step to put yourself out there or hide behind kind of a shell of fear and doubt. Yep. Um, you got to figure out where you're at and what you want to be. Yeah. Figure out what you want to be. Yep. I think that's the message. I think that's, I think that's good. And I hope it helps people. Do you have any final thoughts? I do not. Okay. I did not, folks. I just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, you got to meet Sugar a little bit. I hear uh, Sugar there again. Um, folks, I, I hope that this truly did help you. I hope you're liking the new format. I hope you're enjoying listening to Chuck and I just have uh, some back and forth conversations. Um, I want you to always remember that um, we're always here to help. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.